Hi, I'm Dr. Shante, and welcome to Branding for Believers, the podcast that I decided to turn into a pod class. I want you to come into this classroom with me, become engaged, and become equipped with everything you need to turn your fear into the faith you need to believe bigger in your dreams. So if you're ready to confront your fears, your doubts, your questions, keep watching. Welcome to Branding for Believers, episode 001, the first part of the Fear series. So the reason why I chose Fear, why my entire podcast is really looking at this juxtaposition between fear and faith is because one thing that I know beyond all certainty is when you believe in yourself, when you believe in your possibilities, when you are doggedly and fiercely committed to being successful, amazing things can happen. But on the flip side of that, When you are afraid, when you live in fear, it is a crippling, paralyzing, debilitating experience. And it literally, it pains me to see people living below their potential. And so when I thought about what is a way that I could make maximum impact, what is a way that I could really reach people beyond the classroom, beyond people that come to my events, beyond going to speak at someone else's event, Being able to podcast and be able to get this content to a much broader audience is definitely where I feel like I can have the most impact. And so doing it live um, in front of an audience. So for those of you listening and not actually physically in the room with me, I've decided to turn this podcast into a pod class because there is a magic that happens. There is a synergy that happens. There's a transformation that happens inside the classroom when you're heart to heart, face to face, belly to belly, and you can really feel the transition between before and after. So the fear series talking about the psychological barriers that keep us from achieving our goals. So we're going to talk about mind games. So there's two types of fear. So there is facilitating fear, that kind of fight or flight, the one that kind of moves you into action. Sometimes you might see somebody in your family and maybe they are are sick or they have an illness. Maybe that's like obesity related and you see them going through their struggles and you see them, you know, taking all of these medications and you look at that and you're afraid and you're like, oh, my gosh, I don't want that to be me. I don't want to end up like that. And so that type of fear facilitates where you decide I'm going to start working out. I'm going to start eating right. Facilitating fear, that's a good thing, okay? That's the kind that motivates you and propels you into action. When you start looking at, wow, I've got X amount of years left um, before I decide to retire and I don't think I have enough or I started my 401k too late. Maybe I need to start creating some other pieces of revenue. Otherwise, I don't know how I'm going to live on a fixed income. That's a facilitating type of fear that moves you into action. But that's not the fear we're talking about today. That's not the fear that we're talking about for this series. For this series, we're talking about that debilitating fear, the kind that cripples you, the kind that stops you in your track, the kind that releases voices in your head that says, no, can't do it. This isn't going to work. What if people laugh? What if people judge? You're too old. You're too young. You don't know enough. It's that type of fear. And it's amazing the kind of, of power that the mind has on what physically manifests in your life. It's extremely powerful. So fear is a constant state. I don't want this to be confused with being scared. You know, scared is you walk into a room, didn't expect somebody to be there, and you're like, whoa. That's a temporary, spontaneous, once-in-a-lifetime, momentary state of being. 
Fear, when you are living in fear, that is a constant state of being. And when you live in fear, what you are doing is you are routinely conditioning yourself to fail. I want to repeat that. When you live in fear, when you go to sleep with it, when you wake up with it, when the chatter goes on consistently in your head that tells you that you can't, what you are doing is you are routinely conditioning yourself for failure. And that's where we want to transition you out of. So the psychological impact of fear, we're going to be talking about three different aspects. The first thing that we're going to talk about is conditioning, because fear doesn't just happen. This doesn't just, you know, come about suddenly. And sometimes it happens so subtly that you don't even realize why you're afraid. Another thing that we're going to talk about is stereotype threat. And thirdly, mental shortcuts. When I started kind of researching fear and what is it that really holds people back from living their dreams and being successful, I was amazed at how subtle these seeds get planted in us and we don't realize how pervasive they are until sometimes we're confronted with the information. And that's what I want to do. I kind of want to disrupt that space and pr pr present this information for you today. So let's talk about conditioning. When you are conditioning, that means that you are routinely in the habit of or something that happens on such a regular basis that it becomes habit or custom or ingrained. So many of you are conditioned first thing in the morning to reach for your cell phone. First thing when you wake up, you reach for your cell phone. Some of you are conditioned that your body clock at a certain time of morning, boom, you wake up, no alarm clock, you wake up at the same time every day. It happens with such regularity that it just becomes habit or it becomes second nature. And fear for many of us starts from a very young age. So think back to a time maybe where you saw parents or family members arguing about money. As a young child, you don't necessarily understand the dynamics of what's going on, but when you see people fighting about money or there's not enough money to pay the bills and things like that, you begin to associate a fear or some sort of apprehension about money, about debt. We're conditioned to stay away from risky, quote unquote, behaviors. And there is nothing more risky than entrepreneurship. When you step out there and you say you're gonna start a business, especially if you have a cushy, comfortable, well-paying, direct deposit giving type of job, walking away from that to pursue your passion, to follow your heart, it sounds like malarkey. It's a, and people who love you will say, are you crazy? Are you kidding me? How are you gonna feed your kids? How are you gonna pay rent? You're not moving in with me, this is nuts. Why don't you just go out and get a job like quote unquote regular people? What is this entrepreneurship thing you're talking about? And let me make a distinction here. Some people are born built to be employees and some people are born built to be entrepreneurs. Sometimes when you are in a situation and it just doesn't fit, you go to work, you do your work, you collect the check, you go to work, you do your work, you collect your check and you kind of find yourself in this space like, is this it? This is what I was here to do, to come here, work this job, pay taxes, and die. Like, this is it? And there's, there's something within you that says, no, there's got to be more than that. This doesn't excite me. This doesn't make me happy. 80% of Americans surveyed in the workforce are unhappy and unfulfilled in their jobs because we've been conditioned from a young age, go to school, get a degree, get a job, have kids who go to school, get a degree, 
get a job, have kids who go to school, get a degree, get a job, have kids. We have been psychologically conditioned to stimulate the U.S. economy on their terms. And so when you're doing that and then you step outside the box, you are going to get some looks. You're going to get some comments. You're going to get some, huh? You went to school? How about, you know, I'm going to date myself a little bit. There's this episode of The Cosby Show way, way back where Sandra and Elvin had gone to Princeton, hundreds of thousands of dollars of Ivy League education, and decided instead of becoming a lawyer, instead of becoming a doctor, they were going to open up a wilderness store. And they were like, what? <laughs> Excuse me? A wilderness store? Their parents were livid. They were beyond. They were like, there is no way I've spent all of this money so that you can open up a wilderness store. So when you set out and you endeavor to do those types of things, you are conditioned from the very beginning to avoid that type of behavior. And so when you're thinking about building your platform, becoming a blogger, or getting your own show, building your own media empire, the conditioning that you've had from a very young age is going to crop up and say, you're violating the rules. You're out of pocket. You're stepping out of line. Go back. Danger, Will Robinson. I am dating myself today. <laughs> Go back, okay? But this is not the way that you need to proceed. So part of this is being conditioned from a very young age. Then there's something called stereotype threat. I learned about stereotype threat a few years ago, and it completely just blew my mind in terms of how subtle fear can come into being. Not only are we being conditioned to fear and to avoid risky behaviors, but we do live in society. We are cultural creatures, and so we realize that there are stereotypes that persist about race, about age, about gender, about sexual orientation, all kinds of things. And so we are conditioned, but it's subconscious. We're not really conscious of it, we just know that it exists. It's not that we necessarily talk about it all the time, we're just aware that it exists. And so there are some things out there like white men can't jump. You know, and it, it talks about, you know, stereotypes about, you know, the athleticism of black men versus white men. And then girls are bad at math. STEM fields, STEM, science, technology, engineering, mathematics is a boys club. You will find very few women in STEM fields because women, girls have been conditioned to believe that you go for jobs like teaching, like nursing, like writing like business. And it's not that there's anything wrong with those fields, but when you think about what are the higher paying fields in the United States of America, most of them are tech jobs, software and development and management and that sort of thing. And so girls are bad at math. Um, or you'll hear things like, um, or you'll be intimidated when you're the only member of your race or your gender or your culture inside of a room. And stereotype threat is this, is that when you you feel that you are at the risk of confirming negative stereotypes about your social group, you will perform poorly. So if you are a student who typically, you know, there's all kinds of, of data about achievement gaps for African Americans, and you step into a situation where it's predominantly white and you look around and there's nobody that looks like you, psychologically you're like, oh, there's a reason I'm the only one here. Maybe I'm not going to make it. You don't even realize that that's what's happening in the back of your head, but it got triggered that there's a stereotype out there about your social group, and so you perform poorly in that situation. Case in point, entrepreneurship. When you step out there and you look across the landscape 
of people that are successful. When you don't see yourself, you begin to create a story in your mind that you don't belong there. So think about what you want to do. Think about what you're really passionate about. Think about what you really love. And when you look across the landscape of people that are doing that, how many of them fit your profile? And when you don't see yourself, when you don't see yourself widely represented, you start thinking, maybe this is harder than I thought it would be. Maybe this isn't really where I'm supposed to be. Nobody else that looks like me is there. Nobody else that sounds like me is there. Nobody else with my quirky habits and, and attitudes does that. Maybe this isn't for me. And so when you see and begin to perceive stereotype that, you know, maybe there's a reason why I'm not here, you will build a story in your mind that you don't belong there. And then all of a sudden you start to self-sabotage. You start procrastinating on deadlines. You start not following through. Somebody said they wanted to work with you, you don't even call and follow up. It's that sort of thing, that sort of thinking. You don't even realize why it's happening. You oversleep. All these little things and you're like, oh, I, I overslept or, or it wasn't a big deal. I forgot to call that person. You didn't forget, you got scared. You were afraid. Something in your mind triggered the perception of a threat and it manifested into your physical behavior and you said, I'm not gonna proceed. I'm not gonna do this. The last thing I wanna talk about is something called the availability heuristic. This is mind blowing, this is fascinating. I'm a little bit of a nerd, you'll find that out. Like in several episodes throughout the podcast, you'll be like, she's such a geek. But I love that about me, okay? In a very fabulous way, I love that about me. So availability heuristic. An availability heuristic is this. Your mind, is, your brain is a very efficient machine. It is always looking to fire at the most efficient rate possible. And so an availability heuristic is basically a type of mental shortcut. And it relies on immediate examples that come to a given person's mind when evaluating a specific topic, assessing risk, or making a decision. So for example, it's raining today. Um, in Chicago, it's raining cats and dogs and frogs and other things. And I think I saw an arc floating down like the street, okay? <laughs> so it's raining outside. When you're trying to determine whether, what kind of jacket you should wear, your brain, the availability heuristic will say, here are some immediate examples of what you've experienced on a day like today. And based on those examples, you will say, you know what? I'll grab my coat that has the hood on it. That way, you know, my hair won't get messed up or I won't get too wet in that situation. Your brain will start to recall the most immediate examples that it can pull, like a Google search. The quickest results that it can find so that it can help you make a decision. Well, when you're going to make a risky decision, when you're going to do something that's out of the box, when you're going to do something that is a little unorthodox, that people are like, mm, I don't know about that one, your brain will reach for the most easiest memories that it can, and the easiest memories are emotional ones. So for those of you listening, and for those of you here in the room, think about something that somebody said to you in second grade, third grade, fourth grade, high school, that hurt your feelings, made you mad, you still feel some kind of way about it, you know exactly who it is. You're like, mm-hmm. It is stored in your long-term memory because emotional memories are the most powerful. So your brain is a very efficient machine, so when it's reaching for those memories, it will reach for the ones that made you feel some kind of way. 
And when you felt scared, when you got humiliated, when you were embarrassed, when you were hurt, that is what the brain will pull from first. So when you go to endeavor to do a risky behavior, your brain will say, remember that time you failed? Remember that time it didn't work out? Remember when you lost all your money? Remember, remember, and you get scared. And you start to say, you know what? Yeah, I do remember that. I don't know, maybe not. Maybe this isn't for me. So you have all of these things going on. You've got conditioning from a very young age to follow a script. Then you've got things like stereotype threat where you're not quite sure why you're self-sabotaging, but something happened, something triggered, and you started to second-guess yourself. And then you have the brain's own efficient workings that says, oh, you're trying to make a decision, let me make it easy for you, let me give you a memory. And it will pull the ones that made you feel some kind of way because those are the strongest. That's why you still remember the person from high school or the person from grammar school or the person in college who said that you wouldn't be X, Y, and Z. You remember those types of things. So when we remember the pain and the discomfort that we felt, it translates into us being afraid to make another move. So how do we get out of that? How do we make the shift? How do we go from being afraid, the conditioning, the threats, and all the rest of it into actually taking the steps that we need to be successful? So one of the things that we do is you need to make a distinction between what's real and what's not real. All of us, we have a tendency, especially when we're afraid, we will concoct these stories. And every story has a hero and a villain. And some of you will create a villain in your head. Well, you know, my mom, she's getting on in years, and this probably really isn't a good time, you know, for me to be taking these types of things. And, you know, if, if maybe if my mom was in better health, you know, I would be doing that sort of thing. And granted, that might be the situation for mom, but there are so many alternatives to you sacrificing your dream to take care of mom that haven't been explored yet. So you have to determine why are you creating this villain in your story? Why are you making this person, your child, your job, your whatever, the big bad wolf in your story? And say what's real and what's not real. When you make a determination about what's real, do you have talent? Yes. Do you have passion? Yes. Have you done your research? Yes. Have you had great mentors? Yes. All of that's real. The other stuff, the what ifs, that's not real. That hasn't happened yet. And who among us has not learned from failure? Even if you tried it before and it did not work out, isn't that an education that you got about how not to do it that same way another time? That's what failure is. It's an opportunity to learn. So part of making that shift is determining what's real versus what's not real. Another thing is that you have to confront fear with action. I guarantee you, everybody who ever jumped out of a plane to skydive wasn't pumped about it. There's always like, especially if you go with friends, there's those one or two people that are like, yeah, let's do it, let's do it. And like that third guy that's like, oh God, oh God, oh God, oh God. Wait, 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 like I changed my mind, you know, but it's too late, you're up in the air, you know, people have jumped out and then you kind of get pushed. So sometimes you just have to confront fear with action. Sometimes you just have to jump out of the plane anyway and do it afraid. And after they do it and they hit the ground and they didn't die, they're like, oh my gosh, that was awesome. And that's what I want you guys to have. I want you to jump out the plane, hit the ground, roll over in the parachute and be like, oh my God, that was awesome. Because you have success because you have clients, because people are paying you to do what 
you love. That's the experience that I want you to have. You have to confront fear with action because it's always going to be there. The conditioning, the threats, the mental shortcuts where your brain is like, don't do that. It's always going to be there. So do it anyway. Okay. Then ask the right questions. There's something um, in the positive psychology world called affirmations. So not affirmations, affirmations. And this is really all about asking the right questions. And so sometimes we tend to ask the wrong questions. Who's going to listen to me? Who's going to take me seriously? Um, who am I to be doing this? <laughs> what, what kind of expertise do I have? That, those are the wrong questions to be asking. Instead of asking questions like that, ask yourself, why do I believe in myself? Because the beautiful thing about the brain, the beautiful thing about the mind, is that when you ask it a question, it will go searching for an answer. Just like when you're making these other decisions about whether or not to invest or whether or not to take this move and it's bringing you all these mental shortcuts, when you ask yourself a question, your brain is hardwired to go and find an answer. And so start asking yourself the right questions. Why do I believe in myself? I believe in myself because and start doing positive affirmations. Why do I have abundance in my life? Why do I have permission to succeed? Why do I have everything that I need to start doing what I love and getting paid for it? Your brain will go searching for those answers because now your brain has to do some hard work. Instead of going for that easy peasy, lemon squeezy, mental shortcut of emotional despair, it says, oh, I didn't find anything there. Let me go past that and go find something else. And then you'll start finding positive affirmation of things that you've done, things you've accomplished, letters of recommendation and praise that you've gotten from other people that this is exactly what you're supposed to be doing. Okay? So this is the part pod class where you get to participate. This is the part where you get to respond, your aha moments, your questions, things that just kind of popped up and came up for you while I was doing this facilitation. And so my lovely production assistant, Ashley, she's going to walk around. Who wants to go first? Who just had a moment where something really kind of jumped out for them? Uh, my name is Dr. Ryan Powell. Um, my comment, I think, is... Um, as an entrepreneur, so I'm, I'm a medical doctor and I made a decision to become an entrepreneur and get into um, health and weight loss. So when I was making the decision, my mom was like going crazy, you know what I mean? And for me, I'm an only child, so that's really the only person that can really affect me really, you know what mm -hmm. I mean? So I had to sit her down and literally say, mom, have, have I ever done something and not done it? You know what I mean? And, and she was like, no. I was like, so do you believe in me? She's like, yes. And in that moment, it was like, it put her at ease, but I remember how it felt when my mom was saying whatever she was saying, and it kind of made me pull back. Well, maybe I should wait, or maybe I shouldn't wait, you know what I mean? And it actually kind of delayed the actual process of me actually taking the step or whatever. So that's really what hit me, and I was just thinking to myself, like, man, if I had you know, watched this podcast or whatever before that happened, it would have made the process a lot easier. <laughs> Thank you. And you know what I love about that is that Ryan asked the right question. Do you believe in me? What mom is going to look their baby in the eye and say no? Okay, so he asked the right question. It's like, if you believe in me, if I have a track record of doing the right thing, can't you trust me right now? So Ryan, he has his own wilderness store, okay, that he's working on and building right now and building his platform. But everything that he's done, he's made it good. That's excellent, Ryan. Anybody else? I'll take one more. I think um, 
I think just just thinking about um, what what scares me in my own personal um, journey for entrepreneurship, um, thinking about if it's if it's something that I really should be doing, is it something that as a black woman and um, having more white counterparts in the field that I'm trying to get into, is it something that I should be doing? Can I compete with these people? Being 25, is this something that I am able to do? Um, and I've talked to Dr. Shante about this in other settings, but just just knowing that this is something that I really need to do and being here in this podcast is, of course, shunning away fears. So I, 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 I often think about that, but I'm glad I'm here to be able to get that out the way. Good stuff. Good stuff. So thank you guys so much. You are, this is groundbreaking, okay? Because the reason why people don't do pod class is because it's hard. <laughs> it's a production. There's a lot of moving parts and pieces and things like that. But thank you for being the willing ones to come out here on a rainy day. And for those of you listening, I hope it's sunshining where you are. I hope you're like in balmy Florida, Texas type weather. And you guys join me next on podcast on uh, my next podcast, which we're going to be talking an extension of this series. We're going to be talking all about the social impact. So we've just spent some time talking about how this affects you mentally and how this comes out psychologically, but now we're gonna talk about how this really impacts the way that you relate to other people and the power that you're giving to other people to dictate in a lot of ways what's happening in your life. So one thing that I can tell you is that when you don't set priorities for your life, somebody else will set them for you. There's no two ways about it. So we're gonna talk about the social impact of that. And if you guys have comments, those of you that are listening, please, you can get social with me. Use hashtag Believe Bigger. I'm at Dr. Shante Says on Twitter and Instagram. And you can visit brandingforbelievers.com for all of the show notes. Thank you, guys. I'll see you next time. Thank you for watching and listening Branding for Believers. You can get all of today's show notes at brandingforbelievers.com. And you can follow Dr. Shante on Twitter and Instagram at Dr. Shante Says. And don't forget to tune in for the next episode. Fear is a barrier, it's an obstacle. Your dreams are there, but what fear does is it makes them inaccessible. So it's almost kind of like <laughs> seeing the snack that you want in the vending machine and you don't have enough change or your dollar keeps going in and out and it's not working. And that frustration, you see it, you're, it's right there, but you can't get to it. And that's what's happening with a lot of entrepreneurs. When fear is a part of the equation, it's right there but you can't get to it. Thank you for watching. Thank you for listening.